Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, what is up, everybody? Yes, it just gets better with time. Look, it is Thursday, October 26, 2017. And uh, before we move on with today's show, I want to uh, thank 
last uh, my last guest, which was uh, Wednesday, I believe it was the twenty no the eighteenth, seventeenth or eighteenth, but it was the Wednesday before this past Saturday uh, that we had a cancer survivors bowling fundraiser in Dalton, Illinois, uh, hosted by Melanie Sharp. Melanie Sharp, who was my last interview uh, when we talked about coming up to the fundraiser, and I attended the fundraiser, and I'm telling you, I, it's getting bigger every year. It's getting bigger every year. Uh, Melanie pretty much uh, rents out the, it, practically the entire Bowling Alley. We have it to ourselves, and uh, we had a great, great time. Uh, emotional, uh, informative, uplifting, uh, just a touching fun evening, a little bit of everything, and and there's nothing like it. I think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I, I, it was just a beautiful event. This was my this is that was the fifth one. This was my third time attending. If uh, I have plenty of pictures out there, if you're on Facebook, you can just go into my timeline. Uh, Keith Bledsoe, it might be Keith J Bledsoe. And you can pick it up there. Just go into my uh, photos, go into my albums, and you can see all. You can just just get all in my stuff. You can just check it all out. It's all right there. And thank you, Melanie. Uh, it, was, it was a great event, a great, great event. You really put it together. You work hard. All of you work hard. Uh, and I'm looking forward uh, to the next one. For today, we have – I've been trying to do this show – for maybe about two months, and every time we tried to get it together, something came up. Either he had to work, I had to work, we had one set up, and I, I had to go on a dispatch. I had to call it off, and we just stuck with it. And uh, I got a hold of him today and said, hey, it looks like I'm free today. What you looking like? He was looking free, and we got it together. And uh, this brother here is from the class of uh, 76. He was en route to class of 76, but his last year he ended up transferring to Woodstock uh, High School. But he's still a South Shore Tar for life. Uh, from yeah. that point on, the University of Central Missouri, he uh, degreed in broadcasting and film. And he is with us today. This is Brother Martin Van Sickle. Martin, thank you for coming on, man. Finally got you on here. Thanks, Keith. Uh, yeah, you know, with the schedule, I work nights, and I actually work Thursday nights. Uh, but finally I had one off, so I'm glad it worked out. Uh, and thanks for asking me. Oh man, thanks for accepting. I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. It's I've been doing this show, uh, I believe, maybe four years now, and it's uh, it's 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 going pretty good. Hopefully, I can get more shows in, but I'm thankful for those that I have. Hey, let's let's go back. We want to we're going to go back uh, to the day, and we'll bring ourselves up to what's happening in life and times in these in these days. Uh, I know we talked before. Uh, and I was always wondering because you, you, you know, I, I know I, I knew, noticed you in high school. You and your, your sister Melanie. Melanie came out with me in '75, and I just remember you as being a you know quiet guy. I never saw you in any hubbub, any issues. Uh, you just was going about doing what you needed to do, and and I never saw you in any controversy. Never saw you upset. Just <clears throat> Martin Vance walking down the hallway, going to class. So now, tell me what what brought you to going to South Shore in the first place. Matter of fact, when did when did you come into the neighborhood of, of in the South Shore area? Okay, that, that's interesting because uh, my family lived in Oak Lawn from when I was in kindergarten up to fourth grade. Uh, my parents were married, and uh, at some point, you know, my mom was going in one direction. She was uh, involved in the civil rights movement through the Methodist Church, and she had been part of a, uh, like an exchange program where she was going to uh, Gorham United Methodist Church. And I don't remember the neighborhood. I know it was uh, more southwest. It was like near 71st Street, and then you go west. Uh, and it wasn't as you know, South Shore and South Chicago were, were very nice neighborhoods. And this, this was a little more of a rougher neighborhood. Uh, but we went to that church, and, uh, you know, I made my dad uncomfortable. He just wanted to be a suburban guy drinking beer with the neighbors. And here my mom is, you know, uh, rabble-rousing and 
bringing blacks to Oak Lawn, which didn't make her real popular. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, things came to a head, and they got divorced, you know, right after the, the 67 snowstorm and the tornado in Oak Lawn. And it's like, you know, we went through hell in Oak Lawn, and everybody was worried about us being on the south side. <laughs> it, it was really kind of anticlimactic. Uh, Wow. But, uh, yeah, my parents got divorced, and my dad kept the house in Oak Lawn, and we moved into what I think was actually South Chicago, around 83rd and uh, – 80. actually, the address was 81st and Essex was the first place we were in. Uh, and that was an apartment building. And I went to Coles grade school, uh, which was 83rd and Yates. Um my sister went to Coles for a little bit, Melanie. Uh, I think Mary was all, my oldest sister was already at South Shore. Uh, but Melanie transferred to Robert A. Black right away. Have I gone further so than you wanted me to? Or? No, no, that's fine, because I, I, I was at Robert A. Black right there across the street from Bryn Mawr. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I did, well, I, I ended I up going to, pardon me? No, go ahead. no. I say I don't remember her in Robert A. Black, but okay, go ahead. I don't remember a lot of people. Uh, no, go right ahead. Okay. Well, she went to Black, and I went to Coles, uh, and then in the eighth grade, I had the chance to go to Robert A. Black, and everybody made the big deal that it was integrated, but it was artificially integrated. I mean, they were, you know, the, it was kind of unfair because you know. Just about any white kid that applied could get in there and supposedly get a better education. And then mm. there was a you know a huge waiting list for black students to get in there. So it was really kind of a racist notion, I think, to have this special school to try to keep whites in the neighborhood. Um, and the year I went, it was horrible. It was eighth grade, and kids were mean, and you know there were bullies, and uh, and you know. When I went to South Shore, it wasn't a big deal because there weren't a lot of white kids. We weren't a threat to anybody. You know, I just went under the radar, and it really wasn't a big deal. But, it, you know, when there's a lot of white, you know, when it's half and half, you've got a lot of tension. Uh, you know, whatever fights I've had were usually with white kids who wanted to show off for somebody. That's, wow. that's what a lot of people don't realize. <laughs> Well, I, I was curious as to your perspective because I know when usually when it's the other when it's uh, you have a black kid who's in a majority white school, usually there's definitely issues they they're dealing with uh, you know with life and people's insecurities and people's personal uh, feelings and so forth and so on all the time. Uh, now, I've only I've only known and heard of that from that perspective, but you being one of the very few very few uh, whites in the class classes back then with black people. Did you have to go through that also, or did you pretty much kind of just get in and out and do what you needed to do? I was pretty invisible. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't try to be a big shot. I didn't, uh, I didn't try to be, you know, popular. I had a small circle of friends. I, I was friends with Donna Rudd and uh, Doug Lambert. Uh, I had some other friends. Uh, uh, Richard Kay and I were friends before, you know, we were, he lived down the block from me and we were friends before South Shore. Uh, And we kind of went our separate ways during high school. I didn't really see him too much then, but uh, yeah, I just kind of kept a low, low profile and uh, Don Parkin. uh, I was in the same class as Don uh, his bro- his older brother went to school with my older sister. And when my older sister was there, it was more, there was turmoil. I mean, there were knife fights and, you know, there, there, there were racial issues more in the late 60s. Uh, but, you know, by the time I went there, there really weren't any issues to it. And as far as you know, my kids, what's that? No, I was going to say that, that's when Style Show at, at that time was majority was uh, there were very few black people there at that at, during the time that uh, uh, Mr. married, I believe. I think I think it was no more. It was fifty fifty when she started, 
And I think that was she was like 68 to 72. And it was kind of half and half when she started. And by the time she was graduated, it was like 95, 5 or, you know, not a lot of white students left at all. Okay. Okay. Now, when did you but, move up on the south side? That was before, uh, that was what, about 66, 66, 67? Oh, no, it was like uh, 68. 68. Because we had gone through the, the, the snowstorm, the 67 snowstorm, and the tornado on the south side. Uh, I think it was like 68. Was you know, 68 or 69, we, we moved from Oakland to uh, South Chicago. Okay, because I was going to ask you, I, I remember, I know 60, I moved over on, uh, we moved from the projects on the west side to uh, 74th and Yates in uh, 66. And uh, I know that in 68, you know, <clears throat> during the time that uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated, I remember the... Uh, the armored cars coming down 75th Street, the troopers, the National Guard, man, it was it was something else, you know. Uh, what I was going to ask was, were you were you around there at that time, and did you encounter any issues as a result of that, being on the south side and being amongst all black folks who were having a hard time? Uh, we missed that. We missed the riots. Uh, you know, it was after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was curious. I was, uh, yeah, I was 11 years old, but I'll never forget it. So wow. you ended up, you ended up in South Shore, and uh, you you had four years there, and you kind of went went into your your circle, uh, uh, who who, kind of you kind of hung out with at that small circle that you were with during that time. As far as from a uh, influential standpoint, who uh, amongst the educators there uh, gave you some influence and maybe gave you some uh, encouragement that you can look back and say helps you turn into who you are today? Well, I kind of went into the, the visual communications and photography, and uh, I got a lot of uh, interest in that and inspiration. I was involved with the TV program, so that would be Ed Mancino. Uh and then there was a guy named Dan Glicken who was like an intern or he was helping out. And I don't think he was an actual teacher. Uh, and I actually looked at when I came back to Chicago as an early adult, you know, 2021, 20, uh, I looked up Dan Glicken and uh, he used to work uh, in the loop. He used to work on Michigan Avenue at Circle Gallery. And I was working on Michigan Avenue for a while and I'd, I saw him in there and went in and talked, and I used to visit with him. Uh, now, Dismas Rhoda, I looked him up when I came back to Chicago, and uh, I had dinner with him once. Uh, and we stayed in touch for a while, and then he moved to Colorado. Uh, Larry Shapiro, now I ran into him. I was working for a, a color separator, uh, which is a company that does artwork. Well, before all of the electronics, they mechanically made uh, engravings or, or film for for printing. And I worked for a, uh, an advertising-type place, and uh, one of the accounts involved politics, and it involved and, uh, Larry Shapiro was somebody's campaign manager. And I talked to him from this printing company. Uh, so th- those are the three uh, faculty members that I've, that I've uh, been in touch with since since coming back to Chicago as an adult. I remember Mr. Rhoda, the English teacher. I, he was he was a cool guy, man. You, that was a name I hadn't heard in quite a while. I wonder what he's doing now. If he's still around, I'm, I may have to see if he's on Facebook. Uh, for Mr. Shapiro, now we we all see him uh, pretty much whenever we get a chance. Uh, great humanitarian man. Uh, everybody loves loves him. Uh, hopefully. You should, if, if you're off on a Saturday, man, you should really try to get up to the uh, to the jazz club in, in Maywood and uh, check out some live jazz, man. You're a jazz man, and uh, you can't beat it, second to none. And it's hosted by Mr. Shapiro. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah, it's hosted now, by another Mr. interesting thing is uh, when I went to Coles, 
I had a teacher named uh, Gloria Polk, and she was my favorite teacher. Uh, I was always kind of geared towards friendships with adults, uh, and I was friends with uh, Mrs. Polk. And I kept in touch with her after I graduated. You know, I used, to, you know, she lived across the street on, you know, she was, lived around 83rd and Yates, and you know, I, you could knock on her door and she'd invite you in to shoot pool or have tea or something. I mean, that that was kind of what the neighborhood was like. You know, I mean, very, you know, and you can go to your teacher's house and they invite you in. Uh, but I found out later, you know, when South Shore went from being uh, the administrator went from uh, Kushta to Marshall. Uh, Marshall was this woman's brother, which which I thought was kind of interesting. Really, really. Miss Polk didn't she teach at South Shore also? Did she not? Uh, as far as I know, she didn't. At least not when I was there. Okay. Unless her unless her brother brought her in later on. Yeah, Mr. Marshall. I remember Mr. Marshall. He was at one of our uh, reunions, not recent, but I mean, uh, probably about 20 years ago. Yeah, he came uh, in and kind of stirred a lot of things up. Uh, I remember Hawkins. I, I, now, uh, he was uh, like a assistant principal, John Hawkins. Uh, oh, yeah. He was like my my older sister's favorite English teacher. I mean, she had all these stories about how great Hawkins was. Uh, and I like, you know, I I think I ran into him a little bit as as the assistant principal, but you know, he was never my teacher, but he was a really interesting guy. Yeah, he was. Miss Mr. Hawkins, we we see I've seen him recently. Uh he usually comes, you know, you can catch him at the jazz club often. Uh he was at the uh, class of 77 uh reunion uh this past uh September. And he's a uh, Mr. Hawkins always, you know, he, I, I tell you, he was a tough disciplinarian guy, but he was a guy that everybody loved because he put you in your place when you knew that you needed it and you knew you, knew you deserved it, but you knew he was doing it in, with love and not because he just wanted to slap you upside the head because he couldn't stand kids. You know, there's a difference. And uh, he, he's a great, great, just a nicest guy now, man. I, I didn't think he was so nice back in the day, but uh, I didn't think he was bad, but he – he he just so really a kind hearted brother, but he had to do what he had to do back then to protect us from ourselves. So I take my hat off to him, man. Wow. So you went for the first three years at the South Shore, and then you ended up going to Woodstock. What uh, what brought that on? Uh, well, you know, my mother moved us around quite a bit. Uh, I went to like three different elementary schools, two high schools. You know, she liked to move. Uh, she got involved with a place up in Woodstock called Pleasant Valley. Well, when we started there, it was called Pleasant Valley Farm. And it was a uh, an outdoor center, a kid's camp. Uh, it was a lot of different things. It was big. It was 500 acres. It was owned by a foundation of uh, United Church of Christ. And in the 60s, it was kind of, you know, a place where the Civil Rights Movement met. Uh, Martin Luther King had met up there uh, before we moved up there. Uh, Black Panthers actually had a retreat up there, and I think the CIA or the FBI was was uh, survey, surveilling the place. You know, they think they even had a mole on the staff. Uh, so it's kind of a controversial place where churches met. And they also had a kids camp in the summer. They had outdoor education for school groups. You know, Parents Without Partners and the Boy Scouts, you know, I, they did a lot of different things. Uh, but my mom, you know, my mom always worked in the summer. You know, she did, uh, she was a gym teacher at first. Uh, she taught at uh, Enrico Fermi when we lived on the south side. Uh, but she started out as a gym teacher and then went to guidance counseling. But anyhow, she had a chance to, uh, instead of like running a playground for the summer, she decided to be the program director for this uh, outdoor center, you know, to develop programs for the, you know, to run the summer camp and to, uh, you know, they had people uh, doing all kinds of different interesting programs. They had a camp where kids would uh, stay up all night and sleep during the day and, and go to places that were open at night and just kind of an odd kind of summer, summer camp. 
but she was the program director up there. Uh, and so we moved up there for one summer, and then we came back, and I went to South Shore for my junior year. And then they offered her a full-time job as uh, – well, actually, I think she was a counselor when she was there the first summer, and then they offered her program director. And we moved up there for my senior year, and I went to Woodstock High School. And it was now, quite a culture shock. I was going to just about to ask you about that. When you, when you contrast – what what – I mean, did, did, did you, you didn't take no hood there with you, did you? <laughs> well, the, I just met. Uh, they thought well, they, they, they didn't know what to think of me because I came in as a senior with hair on my face, and uh, you know I, they didn't have enough classes for me. So, you know, I mean, I, I registered late, so they put me in the Future Farmers of America. So I'm in this class with all. I'm a senior. Everybody in the class is a freshman, and they're all joining Future Farmers of America. And here I am, this kid from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> and I think I had a pierced ear, too. Here I am walking around with an earring. Uh, wow. But they didn't, know what to, they didn't know what to think of me. But actually, I knew a lot you about know. farming because my grandfather had a farm in Missouri. So I actually was, you know, but they let me transfer out of that class right away <laughs> because I wasn't going to join the Future Farmers of America. Did the students there, did they know you came from South Shore and the south side of Chicago? Did they kind of look at you sideways, wondering, you know, like, how did you go there? Was it, did you, you just went in and did what you needed to do, or did, was there any? Uh, no, it really, you know, my mother likes to tell stories that Woodstock was a racist place, and, and I'm sure there were racists there, and you know, but, you know, I, I went to the high school, and uh, you know, it was no big deal. There you know, I think the thing about, you know, my my kids, I raised them up here in, in the suburbs, and there's there's minority student, there's more minority students in in the suburbs than there used to be, and the suburbs are a lot different than they used to be. Um, so you know, you would have the Asian students and black students, and my my son's best friend was Indian. Uh, so I think in, in more middle class. Suburbs, it's not really the issue. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, minority students feel a little uncomfortable, but I don't think they have, you know, serious, serious issues up, up in this area or, or in, the, in the better suburbs. You know, when we were living in Oak Lawn, mm-hmm. when we were living in Oak Lawn and uh, my sister was in the eighth grade, uh, they they announced that uh, John F. Kennedy had been assassinated, and several kids in her class stood up and started applauding. Wow! So that ought to tell you something like what Oak Lawn was like. Oh, I, you know, I, 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 I Oak mean, Oak Lawn was a. It was a you know a blue collar. It was a lot like the 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 last neighborhoods on the south side, like Morgan Park or you know some of those real blue collar kind of tough south side neighborhoods. Yeah. Now, what was it like? Your mother was involved in the civil rights movements, and you know, being a son of a mom who's in the civil rights movement, uh, white. What was that like for you? I mean, I, I recall you saying earlier in the show that uh, people were taking issue with the fact that she was, uh, you know, bringing in black people in Oak Lawn. Did, did you what, – what was that like for you? Were you involved in that, or did you really pay, any, pay attention to it, or were you just kind of into your childhood? Uh, you know, I mean, I was just kind of into my childhood. Some of it was, I mean, we have some really strange memories. You know, my mom had this old Rambler station wagon. Uh, and she used to, she, she could fit like 40 kids in this thing. I, I, I'm telling you. And we used to, she used to take kids up to Lake Geneva, you know, kids from, she did a lot of stuff with kids from that, from the, from the west side, from where Gorham Church is. I was going to look up the address. And I didn't get a chance. 
but we used to pick up kids there and we'd take them out to, or she would take them out to say Lake Geneva. You know, there's a, a church camp up there where, you know, she did, she did various things where she got these kids out of the, out of the community. Um, but anyhow, at one point she had like a million kids in this Rambler, you know, a million black kids and me and probably my sisters. And we're, we're driving through Oakland. For some reason, she had to go through Oakland, and uh, and there were kids layered in the back. You know, I, I think there were kids sitting in the back seat, and then kids layered across them and layered across people's feet. I mean, these kids were packed in this car, and we had had some kind of a spaghetti lunch up in Lake Geneva, and, and a kid near the bottom got sick and threw up. And my mom had to, like, pull the car over in the middle of Oak Lawn and get all these kids out of the car and, and clean up vomit in the car. Oh. You know, it, it, I mean, it's funny. I'm laughing about it. And I'm sure it wasn't funny for the poor kid that got sick. But, you know, it's just one of those things where how do you really, how do you get that out of your memory? But well, now, you know, you all years later, it's long. <laughs> What's that? Man. I said, fortunately, you were able to get out of Oak Lawn. Uh, okay. Well, you know, a lot of it was really very passive-aggressive. You know, I mean, it was all kind of like backstabbing and, you know, people talk behind your back. And, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't really any sort of physical issue or anything. Yeah, okay. You know, That's my mother had friends. She had church friends that, you know, she would go back and visit and were – you know, there were people that had no issue with what she was doing. So you ended up going to the University of Central Missouri. Uh, you uh, studied broadcast and film. Uh, you have a degree in broadcast and film. Was that, did you, is that something that you pursued? Are you, are, are you into that now these days? Uh, well, I did that. I, I wanted to be a photographer. Uh, at South Shore, I kind of got an int- I had an interest in photography. Uh and I had Pershing Anderson. That's another another faculty member. Uh, he actually bought a, a Canon SLR for me. So I I bought an SLR while I was still on the South Side. Uh, and I did a lot of street photography, and I built a dark room in in our basement. Uh, we moved from Essex to Clyde, which is near Jeffrey, uh, and we actually bought a two flat with. Uh, Judy Frazier's family. I've known okay. Judy, you know, my whole life. Uh, but we had a two flat, and I built a dark room and taught myself dark room, and taught myself photography, and did PR photography for Pleasant Valley Farm. And you know, I had kind of a portfolio put together, and I didn't really see the point in getting a photography degree. So I looked at uh, various couple of different colleges, uh, Columbia College, uh, Institute of Design at IIT, and then uh, St. Cloud State in Minnesota, and then this University of Central Missouri, which was called something different back then. Uh, But they had a TV program where they actually ran a PBS affiliate station, and they had a film program, they had a radio, you know, it looked like a good place to learn broadcasting. Uh, you know, I, I wanted some, I didn't think I needed a photography degree, so I got a, a broadcasting and film degree, even though I, I really wanted to be a photographer more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I actually didn't go to IIT because uh, the school was, was cheap. <laughs> I mean, I, I I got out of there with a, $2,000 loan that I owed, and that was it, which I paid off in about, you know, six months. Uh-huh. And uh, I know kids that went to IIT and spent, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars and went into debt, and then they were getting the same kinds of jobs I was getting, you know, working in photo labs and, and you know, making close to minimum wage after having a college degree. Interesting. Interesting. What I'm going to do now, I always take a uh, take an old school break, you know, get a glass of water, something like that. Now we come back, and then we'll 
I'll get into uh, what's on that bucket list of yours, man, and uh, you know, go over that and uh, give you a chance to make a closing thought to the people. And uh, if anybody by chance wants to call in, uh, 718-664-9513. You want to call in, show your love, uh, say whatever you want to say, however you want to say it, we're here, 718-664-9513. And we'll be right back. Yes, you can call me Marty if you want. <laughs> Marty, Marty Van Sickle, yeah. brother Marty Van Sickle, I got you. Hey, now we we we'll skip up until life and times today, man. What what's your perspective? Uh, we we have a lot of uh, problems. Our, our kids are we're like living in a too many, not uh, not all of, but too many. Uh, we're living in a, a land of. Uh, of zombies, man. We just seem to have lost compassion, uh, uh, any moral authority, any uh, sense of conflict resolution. Uh, do you have any perspective? I mean, if, what, what do you see as as being the problem here or, or possible solution? I, I think the problem, you know, with the election of Trump, which I think was a horrible thing, uh, you know, people wondered, how did it happen? You know, uh, well, first of all, it was a stolen election. He didn't win legitimately. Uh, you know, there was voter suppression involved. 
there was a lot of sexism involved. A lot of people just couldn't vote. You know, a lot of people that would vote for Obama didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know, they could vote for a black man, but they couldn't vote for a white woman. So, uh, so there were a lot of things involved with it. But you know, I, I'm I have a blue collar job. I've had blue collar jobs for years. You know, if life were fair. I would be a manager or a sales manager. I've been in sales. I've been in, you know, I've had white collar jobs. And if life were fair, I would be probably retiring in a few years. But I'm not going to be retiring for a long time because I've been in this crazy printing business and I've lost a lot of jobs. I've been, you know, kicked to the curb. And, uh, you know, if life were fair, I wouldn't be climbing around on a press all night, which is what I do. I mean, I'm literally a press technician and I, I work in Schaumburg 12 hour night shifts. You know, that's not, I'm almost I'm going to be 60 next year. So life isn't fair. Uh, but instead of saying, well, gee, you know, I should be, a, I should be this or that. It's all these, it's all these blacks and it's all these Mexicans and it's this and it's that, you know, it's not their fault. You know, the economy sucks. Businesses have gone down the tubes. You know, I've been, uh, I've been running from the wrecking ball for 20 years, but uh, I think I've been lucky. I, I've been able to buy a house, and uh, I'm, my income's back up to something decent. And uh, I'm starting, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to retiring someday. You know, not right away, but uh, you know, it, it's entitlement. It's people that think you know they should have more than they do. Uh, that they've been cheated, and that's. You know, it's got to be somebody's fault. You know, it's got to be the Muslims or it's got to be, you know, African-Americans or it's got to be Jews or, you know, someone else is causing my misery. Uh, that seems to be what we have to get past. Uh, that's kind of my perspective on it. I, 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 much respect to it. Much respect to it. I mean, it's... Uh... Some interesting times. Uh, anybody who's read my post knows where I'm, knows where I'm at with it. Uh, you know, we can only well maybe one thing I'll do. You know, I, I think uh, in the long term, I think we're going in the right direction. I think that Obama got elected for eight years was going in the right direction. I think the pendulum will swing the other way. Uh, hopefully, there's not as, enough structural damage to, to our our government. You know, hopefully the pendulum can swing the other way, you know, easily, but, you know, it may not be easily. There's all kinds of structural damage being done. Uh, yeah. uh, we might get it back. Uh, it's a possibility, but it's almost uh, this gentleman, this guy, Tweety, is intent, seems to be intent on having some type of war. I mean, it's almost like he needs a war to, uh, to shift the focus. And uh, well, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think we'll have a war. I I think uh, you know what's interesting is uh, I forgot who shared it, but somebody shared a a, a post from Jesse Jackson Jr. and uh, he basically said you're not hearing much out of you know uh, Trump Jr. You're not hearing out of the daughter. You're not hearing out of the daughter's son, the lawyer. You know they're being yeah, quiet because they're being investigated. And he knows about being investigated. And he says it's not fun times. That was a very interesting post. Uh, I shared that post, and uh, it made Jesse Jackson Jr. is brilliant. He, I don't. Some people got would say what they want to say. The, the brother is brilliant, and uh, that was really really enlightening. And uh, yeah, that's why they had their mouths shut because yeah, they, it, it, they're going to have to talk pretty soon eventually. But right now they up in a cubby hole somewhere. Well, I think Jesse Jackson Jr. was a, was a good politician. I think he was a good political leader. Uh, I think the issue was that, you know, he was bipolar or diagnosed with bipolar, and, you know, that can wreck your life, and it can make you make mistakes, which he, which he made, but he's, the man, he's man enough to, to own up to him, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's a good person. I think he's, you know, he deserves a second chance at, at, uh, at leadership. I have nothing but respect for the man. Uh, he was my congressman when I lived in South Holland, 
Illinois, and he was a congressman uh, of, 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 you know, South Suburban area. And uh, I, I'm always reading his posts. He's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant brother. So I'm, here we I'm are today, man. Uh, go ahead. Go right ahead. Oh, I, I have a quick story. Uh, Jesse Jackson Sr. and Don Cornelius came to South Shore High School while I was there and addressed us as a, as a you know, a, the whole group and in in what we called the new building back then. Uh, that was pretty funny to, uh, you know, stand up and back then you'd put your fist up in the air, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud hearing me. And there was one other white <laughs> kid in there during that. We kind of gave, we kind of, we kind of winked at each other. It was pretty funny. Fred Lindbergh went. Was it Fred Lindbergh or David? Uh, Fred Lindbergh, I think, was in there with me at that time. Uh, uh, Fred Lindbergh and I actually came knew. Me, uh, yeah. Pardon me. No, I say Fred. He came, Fred Lindbergh came out with me in '75. I think David Myers was '74. I believe. Well, I knew the Lindbergh family. Uh, they, I think, they lived in the Highlands. Uh, and they were, I think, their their parents had something to do with uh, either the University of Chicago or else a church of some sort. And they actually adopted black kids, you know. So he, so Fred Lindbergh had black uh, stepbrothers or or adopted brothers. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, they were they were you know those kids were brilliant. I mean, they were you know it was a really bright family. Wow. Okay. I know he was always a, a down earth person. He was low key, but you know he always minded his own business, and he was just like with you, man. I never saw any issue with him. He was there and did what he needed to do. Wow. Didn't know that. So, uh, what's on that bucket list for you, man? What do, What do you have in mind? I know you were talking about wanting to retire uh, one day soon, but in the interim, or uh, even then, what uh, what's out there that you're looking forward to having a chance to do? Uh, uh, wind it down. Well, right now, the the thing on my bucket list for a while is I I uh, about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, I I had lost my seventh temp to hire job in two years, uh, and two of them it lasted like five or six months each, and the rest of them were like one month uh, jobs. And nowadays, it's really hard to get on unemployment comp. I mean, they really make it hard for you. Uh, so it was a really tough two years. I, I managed to have enough money to keep making house payments. And uh, the one son I was sending to, helping send to college, and I still had money to do that for him. But, you know, after s- losing seven jobs in two years, I was just beat. And I wow. saw a food truck for sale behind a French restaurant up here. And selling food off a truck was something I had thought about. You know, I've had some business ideas floating around. Uh, so I went into the French restaurant, Taste of Paris, if you're up here, and uh, said, do you have a, you know, are you selling or renting one of those? And he, he was selling one of them, and I bought it. You know, not immediately. I did some quick research. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've been, re- the, the truck is 30 years old. Uh, it's seen better days. And I'm rebuilding it. I'm pretty handy, so I'm I can do quite a bit myself. Uh, and hopefully, I'll be selling Korean barbecue and some other Asian food in the spring. Uh, I wanted to sell, start selling food uh, this fall, but uh, I've just had too many issues, and the weather is turning too fast. So Ooh, I'm an entrepreneur at 59. Do you, uh... <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. What, what do you intend to uh, the food truck? How 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 is that going to work? I mean, you're going to uh, set up at different places. Uh, how, where 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 do you intend well, to? I'm going to run it up here in Lake County. Uh, initially, I'm going to try to stay up here and stay close to Mundelein. Uh, I'm there's uh, food truck festivals, uh, private parties. Uh, I kind of like the private party idea because you don't have to get involved with the health department as much uh, or at all. Uh, right. There's a there's actually a culinary school in Mundelein that I'm talking to about 
doing a fundraiser. Fundraisers are actually a good idea because you can get some money up front. You know, you're not just going out with hundreds of dollars worth of food and hoping people buy it. You know, you've got a commitment ahead of time. Uh, and then maybe there's some really big companies out here where I could, uh, you know, sell at uh, Abbott Labs or, or Baxter. Back, it's not it's Baxter Healthcare now, uh, but there's big companies up here. So uh, finding venues won't be the hard part. It's it's getting the truck to to cooperate. That's interesting, man. I hope uh, when 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 you get it all down pat and start getting the wheels turning, man, I can get you back on. We can talk some more about that, man, and kind of put up, put the word out there as to where you are, where you're going to be, and so forth. Okay. Well, actually, you know, I. I uh, Joe Stroder, I don't remember him from school, but he's on Facebook with me, and he's he's doing some kind of music promotion. And he told me uh, him and some partners actually bought the Jeffrey Theater, and they're going to turn that into a music venue. Very so if it gets to where this, if it gets to where I can drive this truck, you know, reliably, you know, somewhere, then you know I might do some Southside. Music venues are uh, actually Crown Point, Indiana has a really good county fair uh, where you can actually sell food for 12 hours a day for five or six days in a row and, you know, really make some money. So I might be down to Crown Point eventually. Hmm, That's interesting, the Jeffrey Theater. I didn't even know that that foundation was still standing, but if he – if he brings Chicago Mo Better Jazz uh, there, that would be a, a, a renaissance for uh, for the neighborhood, man. That would be be beautiful. I have to talk to him about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't really know what kind of music he. Pro- I, I hope I didn't get him in any trouble by saying that, but you know, no, it sounded he, like it's a I, done I, deal I, that they bought the theater. Well, it's a great idea, and I know he was doing a great job before. And if, if he's a part of it, I know it'll do extremely well. There's no no question about that. No doubt about it. So uh, as we wind down, this is uh, the time where I give you a chance to just uh, make a closing statement, anything you want to put out there, uh, share with the world, and just express yourself and put it out there in the way you want to receive. So I'm going to hand you the mic, and uh, you got it. Okay, Keith. Uh, well, South Shore was, it was a really positive experience for me. Um, I think I got a, a, you know, I went to Woodstock and I had all my requirements were met. I didn't have to, I took like, you know, basket weaving and jewelry making. I took all electives my senior year because South Shore made me take all the academic requirements they had. Uh, and I think I had better teachers at South Shore. You know, Woodstock was kind of, wasn't such a hot high school really. Uh, so I had a good education. I, I got into any school I applied for, uh, and the one I, the one that I did go to, uh, actually Obama uh, gave University of Central Missouri an award for innovation because they have a program. They basically, I think their philosophy is education for service, and it was basically a teacher college for many years and. Now that you can go there and get your aviation license, they have the cheapest uh, flight time of, of most uh, aviation programs, and uh, they have industrial hygiene. People were coming here from Saudi Arabia and Iran to, to become industrial hygienists. That was back in the 70s. But anyhow, uh, I'm, I'm losing my track here. Anyhow, South Shore was a great high school. Uh, I had a good time. You know, you have your bad times, but uh, I have good memories, and there's people I'm still in touch with. Uh, I guess that's about it. You know, it's uh, people I meet, you know, when I tell them I lived on the south side and went to predominantly black schools for seven years, they go, oh, uh, are you okay? Like, Well, yeah, I'm fine, you know. Uh, African Americans are are civilized people, and they don't they don't hate white people. It's you know, it's just uh, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about. Anyhow, 
so it was a good experience. Uh, and if anybody wants to get in touch with me about anything, you know, I'll, my door is open. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on, man. And when that, like I say, when you get that chucked together, I'm sure I'll uh, be reading something on Facebook, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll get together and we'll see if we can put that word out for you, man. But I appreciate okay. you. Okay, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not promoting it too heavily until I get it running. Uh, you know, I don't want to. Right. You know, I don't want to get expectations too high before it's actually out there selling food. But uh, there's a page on there, and and uh, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Uh, give my best to uh, Melanie, uh, my 1975 class alumni. Uh, spread the love. Okay, I will. I you and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. We've been trying to get this. Oh, uh, you're for welcome, a while. Keith. Appreciate it. Mike, okay, take care nice of yourself. Keeping in touch. Likewise, brother. Take care now. Okay. All righty. And on that note, In the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power, peace, and good night. Thank you.